For New Balance, running is more than a physical activity. It's a path toward resilience, confidence, and joy. Our partners at New Balance believe running activates your mind and body in ways that have powerful effects on your life. Follow along at New Balance Running on Instagram as they share more about this important initiative from their team and community. Welcome to episode seven of Habitual Routine. I'm Coach Anique Lamar. And I'm Coach Roberto Manjay. And I'm Shaquana Bell. And today, the three of us will be interviewing some experts about mental health. And so my quick uh, warm-up conversation for the two of you is, how do you use exercise and mental health? What's the relationship between those two things for you? Shaquana, let's kick it off with you. Well, when it comes to running, you know, I never understood how people used running as like a form of unwinding or or letting loose. Because honestly, I would think about running and get stressed out. And that's why I would walk. But the weird thing is, after the run, when I actually did it, I would feel great. And I'm just like, it's running is super duper mental for me. Like it's, it's almost like my body's like, no, no, please don't make me go. And then when I'm doing it and when I'm done, it's just like, this was the best decision you made all day. Thank you for this. We needed this. So for me, it's, it's two things. It's a mental battle just to do it because it's, I've convinced myself. I don't know how that I don't like it, even though I, I kind of do because it makes me feel Great. Like, I feel like I can conquer the world after I've gone for a run. What about you, Roberto? Yeah, for me, it's, you know, I've been running for so many years that running for me is always an opportunity to both reconnect with myself and lose myself. Uh, my favorite runs or some of my favorite runs are runs where at some point during that run, I, I've actually forgotten that I was running. And then, you know, if, the, if you've ever had that happen to you, it's wild because you're running and you're obviously aware, but you're not. And then suddenly you kind of snap back into it. So for me, running tends to be an opportunity to kind of go through my thoughts, both going through my thoughts and also lose myself in my thoughts, if that makes sense. I know it's pretty meta. Um, and also just kind of like work things out, you know, think about what I have going on, what I have maybe coming up and, and kind of just think about it. But in a, in a way that I can't seem to bring myself to do when I'm just kind of sitting around and, and, and just going about my day to day life, I, it's almost like a meditative way that I always feel better after my run, whether I've found the solutions or the answers or not. It's just that my body's kind of going through a process and my mind and it's like, you know, be it endorphins or what have you. So that's that's one thing I always really enjoy about running. And when I say that, I mean, like my regular runs, not like a hard workout or anything like that where I need to be focused and, and looking at the clock. You unique? Yeah. I mean, if I'm going to be completely honest with you too. Which you I, should be. I should be. Uh, I love running. It's deeply uh, central to my identity and my history and who I am. And sometimes I just can't do it when I'm having a mental uh, health, you know, day or, or I need, I'm having a hard time. It's uh, It's almost too much, right? Like, I think I'm always aware that I'd love the sport, but uh, some days a run is not what I need. And and maybe it's just because I've been doing it for so many years and I, I've really, you know, hopes and dreams and aspirations with it that really what works for me is movement and that movement is yoga. So I, I am not a flexible person. I still can't touch those toes after four years of doing yoga. Never will. Uh, 
but just doing a yoga for <laughs> get your runners, money back. I'm going to give my, no, no. I mean, I'm, I'm hundred percent fine, but you know, just taking that hour and, and, you know, stepping on the mat and doing the worst yoga you've ever seen, um, is really what keeps me, uh, feeling sort of, uh, normal and grounded and centered and, and then running is sort of a joy and a, a fun and, and, you know, but I'm with Jaquana. There are days I go for those runs and I just feel lousy and, uh, and I just enjoy it after. So it's a whole mix for me. But it's never a clear line. And I think this is so important because everyone has a different relationship with movement and mental health, uh, you know, how that fits into their mental health routine. Yeah, and this conversation that we're having is timely because this week we're recognizing Mental Health Awareness Month. So today we're going to discuss the how and why of integrating running into your current mental health and wellness regimen and why it's important to you as a runner. In our house section, Coach Anik and I chat with Stacey Young. She's a licensed clinical social worker, owner of Sixth Street Wellness, and New York City-based runner. Stacey specializes in individuals dealing with depression, anxiety, and trauma, and uses a strength-based approach to work through challenges. She's a strong believer in self-care and community care, and uses running as a preferred form of movement. We chat with Stacy on the importance of the recognition of mental health and how to implement that into your current wellness routine. In our why section, I chat with Michelle Wheeler, professional wheelchair athlete, mental health counselor, and single mother on why she uses running as part of her mental health routine and how she is instilling that practice with those around her. Michelle will be participating in the professional wheelchair division at the MasterCard New York Mini 10K on June 12th. The MasterCard New York Mini 10K is our first regularly scheduled race back since March 2020 our first pro field since the 2019 TCS New York City Marathon, and we can't wait to get back to racing. All right, now let's talk how. Welcome, Stacy, and thank you for being here. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to speak with you guys today. Yeah, we, we wanted the expert who knew about runners, and you seemed like the perfect perfect person to connect with. So um, my first question is, we've seen recently during the pandemic that people are trying to continually do this work to destigmatize mental health and seeking mental health. What changes have you seen? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think over the last few years, we've really seen a growth in people being interested in mental health and really, really working through the stigmatizations of, you know, of what it means to go to therapy and what it means to have a therapist. And so I think that's been really, really, really important. Um, I think jobs have also done a good job of promoting it more, um, you know, because they're starting to see the impact, impact on their employees. And so, you know, so we're just talking about it in more spaces where we are. Um, you know, I, I overhearing brunch conversations about people talking about their therapist. So I think that's been going on for some time. And then I think the pandemic, it just became unavoidable. It was really just this moment where it's like we didn't have, you know, one, our most of our coping mechanisms went away. Um, that became, you know, really tough as we're talking through people's me coping mechanisms or, you know, I'm going to go to the gym or I'm going to go here. And it was like none of that was available. And so it was just this like, so what do I do with all of this? Um, and there also weren't places to, you know, we couldn't to, dis to distract us from it, you know, where if we had been distracting or if we had been able to avoid some of those things, it became really, really hard. And so, um, you know, so we were really at a point where the pandemic, 
put us in this position where it's, you had to face it. You know, so many people called and they were just like, I, I, I have nowhere else to put this. I need to put this somewhere. I need to do something with this. It's, it's not something I can run away from. Yeah, that's actually a, a great segue to to my next question. A lot of our listeners are are runners uh, of you know varying abilities. We're runners ourselves. So, um, can you just talk a little bit about what you see athletes going through these days? Um, you know, how are the conversations you're having today different than maybe you were having about a year ago or so? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's really is a spectrum. So you have some people who are really able to keep up with the routines. They kept up with their running. They're ready to go back to races. Like they're like, let's go, let's do it. And then we have others where for whatever, you know, whatever variety of different factors, they just weren't. And so they're just starting in a different place than they were in March, 2020. Um, You know, it's like I had, I had literally run a marathon on March 8th. I ran the LA marathon March 8th, but this March 8th, there's, 2021 there's no way <laughs> there's no way I could run a marathon and so you know so it's and it's really just about okay like where you know where are you starting now and both mentally and physically what do you have to do to be able to get back to the place that you want to that you want to be um and you know working through it not just physically but also mentally because it's, you know, we, we know what it's like when it's like you once able to do this, reach this pace, go this distance. And then, you know, you're just really having a lot of negative thoughts and, you know, about the process and feeling really down on yourself. So really not just, you know, promoting getting physically prepared, but also really getting you mentally prepared to get back into that space and, you know, give yourself some grace. It was such a tough year. And, you know, no matter how it impacted you, you were affected in some way. And so just really being able to honor that. Yeah, Stacey, I mean, I'm, I'm going to just jump in here with a question we, did, we didn't, right? Um, but you talk about this idea of I need to put this somewhere, right? And people often put that into running. Uh, and, and mm-hmm. you know, I'm just wondering if you're seeing folks uh, finding now that running isn't serving them because of sort of the mental uh, fatigue that they're feeling translating into physical fatigue. I, you know, can you unpack a little bit of, of how that's working? Because I think that's such an important connection. That mind-body connection is so important. And I don't think we always give it the credit uh, for how it plays out in our physical running. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and so I, I like to use the word just movement because I think sometimes like if running isn't it, but you know some kind of movement is helpful, like let's let's talk about that. Um, so whether it's like it's a it's a walking day, if it's a, if it's a um, light yoga day, right? Like just some sort of like, and if you know you're that type of person, cause I think it's, it's also knowing, right? And since we're talking to runners, generally we, you know, that is our go-to, um, you know, and I, and I remember too, like, especially like, you know, just during moments I started, I, I never really used to walk through Central Park, right? I was always running in Central Park and like this past year, I've never walked through Central Park so much, um, <laughs> you know, since, you know, I've been in the city 14 years, I've been running um, for this year, 10 years. And so, you know, so really just allow, allowing that to be okay, you know, allowing, allowing that to be okay and make it interesting by trying different paths and going different places. Um, you know, I think that that was just, just a really helpful way. And so, and if there were just other things, like when we, you know, being in the house and just getting more acquainted with things I can do inside my house. So just allowing myself to vary it up and to just, you know, not say that this is the only thing that I can do. Cause sometimes it's like, you know, I'm in central park, I'm running, that's what I do. <laughs> and, you know, it sounds simple, but it's just, 
you know, making that switch and not, you know, and I do see runners like not getting like, oh, I should be running, like just really allowing myself to have that moment. Yeah, I really, I really like that uh, touch point because, you know, as I've mentioned in in previous episodes that running is, has had sort of definition, at least for me and and many of our runners, but then like this year we've all, or the past year we've all had to kind of redefine what running is for us and how you know running meets you where you are so um i really you know love how you mentioned that your relationship with central park and how you've kind of pivoted in your in that association um and then similarly in in your approach um, with your clients you kind of use a strength-based approach um so what is something that again our listeners runners could take away from this approach as they're thinking of 2021 in general but also 2021 as their training and, and hopefully racing season Mm-hmm. Yeah. And really strength-based is about really honoring and starting with where you're at. So one, just being okay. Like this is where I'm at and this, and this is, this is just where we are, you know? And I think we have to be able to say that from a point where we're not getting negative thoughts or getting really down on ourselves. Um, and then also using the strengths and tools that we have. So I, I'll show up to a class. If I sign up for a class, I'm going to show up. So I said, okay. And I do, you know, if I have group settings, if I say, okay, someone, I'm going to meet you here, I'll show up. So let me just do that. <laughs> let me just start by showing up to some of these places that really get me excited or, you know, and really using that as a catalyst to help like get me, you know, get me like mentally and, you know, also build up my confidence again. Um, and also like, get also get myself really reacquainted. Um, let me get myself reacquainted with my favorite route. Okay. So this is, I know this is something I enjoy. It's springtime. There's so much greenery out, so many different flowers. Like, let me, let me get reacquainted with this route. And whether that's intervals, whether that's a walk run, whether that's, you know, just, I'm just not going to wear my watch and just do a test. So I'm not worried about pacing. Um, and just let yourself really go through that process because it is about building confidence and rebuilding that familiarity. Um, you know, especially if you like went somewhere else and you're just coming back. And so you're just getting reacquainted with the city um, and just, you know, letting, letting yourself just have that build up process. Um, you know, much like when we, you know, we were all started running at one point, right? Everyone was a beginner at one point. And so just remembering that motivation and some of that that you had before just to be like, okay, this is, it's just, it's a process. Yeah. I, I, as a coach, I'm like, yes, I love this. I love this all so much. Um, both, you know, for, uh, serving athletes and starting, you know, starting where they are and, and coming back to what, you know, as you said, movement, uh, in a way that they need to, but also for me personally, I probably also need this advice because I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm one of those runners who was not able to run much during the pandemic, just on a personal level. And, uh, and I keep being so hard on myself and I'm saying, I've, I've got to be right back where I was. Why, and why am I not right back there? Um, and so this is just really resonating me with me, uh, with personally. Um, uh, so I'm really, really interested in, in, in this idea, um, of running, supporting mental health. And I'd love your take on it. I'd love your professional insight, uh, because I think as runners, we often talk about how uh, running is my mental health or, you know, uh, you run and you feel good. And that's, that's a very strong association between those two things. Um, and mm-hmm. it can be good and it can be negative, right? Um, and so mm-hmm. I'm just really wondering as a licensed clinical social worker uh, and, a, and as a runner, is this true? And how do you support patients incorporating exercise um, as part of their mental health routine? And so I think, Anna, that's such a good question because, you know, I think that there's the popular phrase, running is my therapy. 
And we have to be careful with that. And we can say running is therapeutic, but, you know, we can't use that as a replacement. Um, and so, you know, we can, I talk about running or movement in like, this is part of like a coping mechanism. This is something that you do as part to help, but it, it's one part of it. And we need to be able to assess and think about what are the other parts that we need, because what we don't want to do is avoid it, right? Avoid some of the other things that might be happening, um, you know, that are causing either emotions or events that are happening, right? Like if we have a conflictual relationship in our home and we just go on runs to get out the house and avoid it, right? We're just, you know, and we go every day and we're like, that's great. I go running. You know, I do. I'm out for hours every day and I feel great but it's, I'm, I'm not addressing what's happening. Right. Or like, I'm, you know, able to like put on podcast or like put on some great music and distract myself, but it, you know, it always comes back, right. If that thing is always there and you never actually deal with it. We have to be careful of that. Um, because sure, it may feel like running is really helpful that, but we're not actually addressing it. So when we talk about making it a part of, you know, the treatment plan or part of the goals, it's how do we do this as one piece of what the sort of menu of things that we're doing, um, you know, and many being talk therapy, we're really talking, you know, we're really talking through what's what's happening, what are some of the emotions, whether it's depression, whether it's anxiety, um, you know, just really doing that in addition to not instead of. Um, that is, uh, I feel like I've said this in my previous interview, but it's like you were talking and I was just like taking mental notes because so much of what you said is like, it felt like a duh, but like also like a revelation where it's like, oh my God, like, yeah. And and I know that in the past I've used that like running is my therapy or my escape, but it's like, mm-hmm. just love the way um you phrase it. It's like running is therapeutic, but you know, it shouldn't be like that crutch. And, and you know, a lot of what you said, it, it kind of, spring is in the air etc it kind of makes me think of like you know the rebirth of running this is a this is 2021 it's a it's a chance for everybody to kind of reintroduce themselves to running and it's a bit of a paradigm shift so what you just said now is 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 super helpful and i guess my my last question for you is um obviously there's light at the end of the tunnel is 2021 we we kind of could see where we're headed but if you could talk to our listeners now or runner now knowing what we know now uh, in, let's say, March of 2020, what is one piece of advice you would maybe give them, uh, and even myself as, as a interviewer and, and listener, to better arm them? Because obviously a lot of people went through, you know, a lot of hardship in, in the past year trying to deal and navigate with things. And, and obviously some of the sage advice you've given us is fantastic going forward, but kind of, you know, stepping back, what is one piece of advice you would have given to, you know, our listeners in, in March of 2020? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think this would be, you know, and it's just like, it, this is a moment I want for the running community and for just everyone say, we're just going to spread grace to everyone, no matter what the circumstances were. Um, you know, we're just going to give universal grace to everyone to start with where you're at. Because I think there's a lot of just comparison. There's a lot of, well, I didn't have an excuse not to. And no, no matter what, there's this was a collective trauma um, to varying degrees, right? It is completely a spectrum. Um, you know, we all we all had different boats, but it's no matter what the situation was, right? It it impacted you in some form or way, which may have been expressed um, through just not being able to get out there like you could. And so we just need to be able to really allow ourselves to start where we're at. 
um, you know, and say, okay, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna show up, and I'm gonna trust that the people I show up with aren't gonna be like, what happened? I'm like, we know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> where were you? <laughs> we, I, we are, we are where we are, right? <laughs> like we are where we are. Welcome back. Um, <laughs> just let our, you know, and just let ourselves get to, you know, wherever it is that we're going, um, you know, and just be, you know, and just be excited about it because it's, you know, and it's just like, like, likely, right. It's not running itself is not linear. You've had things, right. Like it's not that every marathon I've run every single time has gotten better, right. It's gone up, it's gone back. It's gone this, it's gone that, it's gone that depending on what was happening all the time, what was going on with training. And so we just have to let ourselves be where we are and use the tools that we have, use it as an opportunity to engage in new tools, um, you know, that are available. And so just, you know, let our, just get back into it because we do it because we love it because we know it feels good. We we know, like you said, the light at the end of the tunnel, we, we know where this goes. And so just allowing ourselves to get back into it and, you know, not carry that sort of guilt or shame that like, oh, I shouldn't have. It's like, we're, we're just giving grace to everybody. We're just here. Blank, blanket of universal grace. <laughs> uh, Stacey, you know, that, that works for March, 2020. That works for today, right? And I think that's uh, just a really fantastic um, framing of how to keep coming back to, you know, this movement that so many, us, uh, so many of us love and feel attached to, but sometimes feels complicated. Um, and sometimes we don't use it um, quite the way we should. And it's just starting fresh uh, and just showing up where you are and, and having people mm-hmm. show up for you too. So thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, you, you know, I, this is a topic we wanted to talk about for a really long time. Uh, and, you know, we hope to see you out walking or running, uh, in Central Park really soon. Thanks so much. Yeah, no, it's my pleasure talking about mental health and running. It's one of my favorite things and so important. So thank you for having me today. Yeah, thank you. Hi, Michelle. Thank you for speaking with us today. So you're a mother, a mental health counselor, and a professional athlete. As we're discussing mental health in this episode, why do you think it's important for runners to first recognize and acknowledge the importance of mental wellness? Sure. You know, I think it's very important because, well, number one, mental health is a part of your whole life, right? And as far as, you know, a runner, as an athlete, you know, our bodies can only endure so much. And I think if you're not mentally healthy, over time, it's not sustainable and it's going to begin to show in your performance, right? And it's also going to show in your passion for the sport and things like that. So I think just really recognizing just the impact of mental health. So it's, it's really important to um, adapt positive behaviors and really to um Try not to have some of those um, negative um, behaviors as far as, you know, your performance goes, um, because that's really going to impact really your lifelong career. Um, and, you know, for me, I think when I first started wheelchair racing, you know, it was like, OK, I want to learn everything about the sport. I wanted to train. And, you know, I really forgot about that mental health piece until you know, I began grad school, you know, so now I'm a mother, I'm an athlete, I'm working, you know, so I have all these different roles. And what I learned was like, pretty quickly, that wasn't sustainable. You know, I became became trying to perfect everything that I was doing, but not acknowledging that mental health piece of like, hey, 
listen to your body, listen to your mind and what it's saying and kind of step back a little bit, um, um, and, you know, and try to come up with a better game plan moving forward. Um, so just really, I think for athletes and think about mental health, it's super important to connect with yourself um, outside of being an athlete in order to, for, to have any of your goals be sus- really sustainable moving forward. Yeah, it's so interesting you say that because I, I kept saying to myself, because, you know, I feel like so many people we sat in the house for a whole year. So a lot of us, we put on a little COVID weight and I was thinking to myself, you know, I'm going to work out three to four days a week and I'm going to run a mile and I'm going to ride my bike around (laughs) all of Central Park. I was doing all this stuff in my head, all this planning, but then when it came to actually doing it, I wasn't doing it. And then I said to myself, well, maybe I just need to just take a step back and focus on just like taking a break from the things that I'm already doing instead of trying to add more things to what I'm doing. Cause I'm already like doing stuff for work. I'm already trying to do like things personally. Maybe I should just, when I get overwhelmed in that say, okay, I need a break and just go for a walk. It doesn't have to be, I have to do this and I have to do that. Just take a step back and clear your mind in some way. Right. I agree. And I think COVID was really great for me, you know, in a sense of, I think as as a society, we are always go, 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 go. We never, you know, we're always looking for the next, um, next goal we need to achieve, you know, the next bigger and better thing that we need to be doing because society is telling me to do these things versus, and we have a lot of people that I, that I, that, you know, a lot of my clients, even myself and others that I've, I've kind of learned to get to know over the years is we have these goals, but they're not always very attainable, right? And so yeah. we're constantly pushing ourselves to to this point where really it's it, it's not sustainable, right? We're we're not we're gonna burn out eventually. Um and I think you're right. You know, for so many of us, I think just being able to sit with ourselves, you know, with our families in the current state and realize, okay, I need a break. You know, and and realizing, hey, that's okay. Like we don't need to be, you know, writing a book right now or doing these other um um, you know, tax projects, exactly yeah. projects. Um, it's fine just to kind of just be, you know, and I, yeah. I think I really, I really embrace that over, um, this pandemic. Yeah. I was, I was listening to an interview and they were talking about how people don't really extend grace to themselves. And I thought about that and I was like, I definitely don't do that for myself. I always feel like I have to be doing something. And when I do it, I have to do it well. And so I put this pressure on myself until I realized like, I don't actually have to do that. And even if I don't do well, at least I learned something. Like, I don't have to be right. like, oh, man, like, oh, why did I do that? I wasted time, this, that, because it just makes it right. worse. It, it does. And I feel like we, that's when you start to develop procrastination, right? And then, like, you yep. you really set yourself back from where you're trying to be at because, again, those goals that we have in mind are not clear. They're not specific. They're not, you know, there's no real measure of when you're going to reach that. And then I think that's, you know, talking about my clients is that where you start to develop anxiety and depression and, you know, just all of those um, mental health conditions um, that, you know, really um, impact our overall life anyway, you know? So yeah, I definitely agree. <laughs> 
when did you first recognize the importance of mental health in your life? So it's funny you ask that because, you know, I was thinking about this and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't until I actually got into my career where I understood mental health, right? But going back, you know, a few years prior to that, um, I really started to kind of recognize that I needed to kind of reach out for help for, you know, I'm one of those people, oh, I can do it. I can do it myself. I need any help. I got this. Yeah. Right. But like, you know, I, I, I think about when I first had my daughter, right. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. This is new, new mom. Like, so I started saying, you know, I'm, it's okay. I'm going to ask my parents to babysit, you know, it's okay to reach out for help at those times. And you know, it was really hard for me. It was really hard for me because I felt like for me, it was like a sign of weakness. And really yeah. it's not right. I mean, that's such an irrational thought to have, but for me, it was like, oh, I'm independent. I got this. I don't need to rely on anyone else, but that was mental health then. Right. And I think now that I, when I went to grad school and got immersed into my program and really understood and appreciated the awareness around mental health, it was like, oh, okay. I know what this is now. And I realized my whole life I've kind of been doing it, but I really, really, really started reaching out for others in my pro, in my uh, grad program because I had so many different roles I was trying to manage, um, and it was just I couldn't do it all, you know, by myself. Uh, and yeah. so for me, I recognized in grad school, like, okay, um, really letting others know what I needed, and also letting myself know what I needed, you know, really sitting down and say, okay, this is what I need for this to work going forward. So that meant, you know, making sure my daughter was, um, she had her task created for her to do, you know, she knew how life needed to look and was organized for, for school. Um, you know, making sure my training was organized, make sure I had a great routine in place to make sure that, okay, so I can get all this stuff done if I do these things, you know? So I think that mm -hmm. is when I really recognized, um, what mental health was, and, you know, I didn't get it right. You know, I didn't, I'm not, to say, I'm not saying this to say that it all went perfectly, right? Because there were many times where I was like having a mental breakdown, <laughs> like I can't do this. But me knowing um, the positive coping, coping mechanisms to have, I knew I can get myself out of that and get back on track, you know? And so when you think about um, athletes or anyone else in this world with anything you're doing, I think recognizing, um, recognizing the triggers, right. Recognizing when you're, you're having that bad day, um, you know, recognizing when, okay, Hey, you know, I'm going to take, take a break from my work. I'm going to take a day off where I'm, I'm going to relax. Recognizing yeah. that will keep, keep you back on track. I think it's when you don't recognize it, you're just kind of, um, stumbling forward and, you know, you're cutting down this other um, path of kind of ne negative behaviors, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. As a runner, how do you approach using your training as part of your mental health regimen? Sure. So, you know, for me, I, I love being an athlete. I love what I do. I love meeting new people. I love educating people. I love creating awareness around this adaptive sports and mental health and all that. I just, it's, just perfect career for me. Um, and so when thinking about my routine, it's, it's super important for me to have it to avoid a lot of the stress. Um, you know, it really helps decrease the anxiety about competitions and um, performance goals, because when I know I have a strong routine in place, 
uh, and mentally I'm good, I know then I can pretty much conquer the world, right? I can do whatever I want to do. Um, When I have an effective, sustainable routine in place, it's it's really impossible for me not to succeed. Um, So looking at my routine, pretty much it's 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 pretty consistent, but it changes in certain ways, right? So typically for me, it's you know getting up really early in the morning, um, do some stretching, some meditation a little bit. really preparing myself the night before of what I need to do for that day. Um, yeah. You know, uh, what else am I doing? Um, getting my workout mid morning, you know, meal prepping that the end of the week, because if I don't meal prep the whole week is scrapped. I can tell that right now. <laughs> Just forget <laughs> it. It's done. <laughs> um, you know, uh, making sure my daughter has her things in order. Again, if she is not in order, I'm telling you between that and meal prepping, it is just just throw the whole week away. It's just, it's just gone. (laughs) Um, what else, you know, making sure I'm getting that, that, that evening workout in, um, and also just managing my task load for my job, you know? So it's a bunch of different components that I need to have in place. Um, and some days, some, some weeks it's very stressful. And so when those weeks happen for me, I'm, I, I'm pretty much like, okay, you know, let me take the Friday off this next week, regroup and just do it all over again, you know? So mental health for me is, 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 um, very different certain weeks, but I try to be consistent in at least having some type of game plan for the week moving forward. Um, other times it's like using, sometimes I'll use, um, mental health apps, like there's calm, there's headspace, things like that. Um, to kind of just regroup, um, calm myself down. Um, and the other thing mental health for me is just really talking with my friends and my family. I mean, I will mention this over and over again. They are my biggest support system. And without them, I don't know how I would still be trucking forward. (laughs) So Sometimes it's just like having an evening with wine with one of my friends and we're talking about our progress for the week, what we did and didn't like and what we're trying to do. Other times calling my homegirl on the phone with having a business discussion about, you know, our goals. Sometimes it's just dancing and singing in the room with my daughter at the top of our lungs at the end of the day, you know. So it's all there's so many different ways mental health works. Um, There's no real like rule of what you have to do. Um, but yeah. these for me have really just kept me going. I hope I answered the question. Yes. I feel like I didn't answer the question. I forget the question. <laughs> <laughs> the The question The question was: As a runner, how do you approach using your training as part of your hent- your mental health regimen? And you definitely answered okay. it. Okay. But I also have follow ups sure. to that question. So it's two follow ups. Is it's how does the regimen? benefit you as an athlete and also how does it benefit you as a person sure you know that whole routine I just went over that's my life I think without it, I wouldn't be able to be an elite athlete you know without mm-hmm. that I would not be able to um be have a role as a mental health counselor you know um it's it's what makes your life success successful and sustainable you know, I think, especially when you're thinking about taking on additional projects in the future and things like that, I really need to have that, um, those components in place to make it work. And so for anyone, you know, whether you're an athlete or not an athlete, I think, again, if you can outline 
your day and recognize what are the things you absolutely need to keep going? What can you maybe get rid of or maybe come back to? And what is that timeline and how that lines up with your goals? If you have that structure, then you're, you know, there, there's, there's no turning back. You're, you're good moving forward. Um, and so also that helps me in thinking about family and my daughter, me showing her this routine, how it works really helps her learn how to deal with her mental health in the, you know, now and in the future, you know, um, because we have these daily talks, not daily talks, but maybe, you know, monthly talks about, Hey, this is, you know, if I have a race coming up, some, there's some months where I'm, I'm gone all month long, you know, racing or something. And we had these talks like, Hey, this one needs to be done. How are you feeling? You know, do I need to come up, pull out of this race? Do you need me home with you? Things like that. Because I think we need that open communication as well to make yeah. sure that we're both good moving forward and it's not going to, you know, cause any strain or, um, you know, uh, negative impact on our mental health. So, I mean, yeah. she is, you know, obviously number one. So what are you to kind of do to make sure that that is, um, that she's healthy and, you know, whole holistically, then I, I'm going to do it. Mental wellness impacts your everyday lifestyle. It really determines your ability to be productive for that day. Um, and what I was going to say was um, it really impacts your ability to be present in all parts of your life, whether it's in your family, whether it's in your workplace, whether it's as, as an athlete. Um, and I think we're seeing that now in this pandemic, just and how much we have been ignoring our little bit of our mental health, right? And yeah. um, I honestly don't know how we would kind of could have kept going forward. Now I'm th- like thinking about it now. Like if we didn't have this year to like sit and like really say, dang, we're because we, what we noticed is everyone is struggling. Everyone is struggling. No matter who you are, there is something that you are struggling with. And it's, it's becoming more, um, um, it's like becoming okay to recognize you're not okay, if that makes sense, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I don't know where we would be. I, we'd, uh, we would eventually have burned out, um, all of us, I think, if we wasn't for this pandemic. So <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's so true. As a as a parent and mental health counselor, how do you approach advising others on the use of exercise or running as part of their mental wellness? Sure. Um, so right now, I'm I'm actually currently coaching younger athletes, um, and I like to do that to provide um, empowerment and education, not just to the children but to the parents, um, because with adaptive sports, exercising and just even if you're not an athlete, right? Exercising is so crucial to people with disabilities. Um, And the more the word gets out there, the better. So I like to spend a lot of my time, you know, coaching some of the children, um, even just, you know, speaking with people about adaptive sports, exercise and mental health anyway. Um, And when looking at your grow runners, how they've been so successful in providing um, just that empowerment and independence to people with disabilities, um, and really promoting um, exercise. I mean, it's been so great to kind of see what they've done over the years. Um, it's always fun to kind of join their events and see the change they are creating in the communities and the positive impact they are having on younger kids. 
Um, they've done a really great job too with adapting to the pandemic and figuring out ways to keep everyone active. Um, so it's been a really great thing to see with them as well. Um, but also as a mental health counselor, you know, and talking with my clients, you know, um, even some of my some of my friends, um, we're li- listening to them and kind of going back to having these goals. Um, you know, a lot of my clients, I'm helping them get back to work. Um, but the current goal is right now is to be healthy. So before we work on getting back to work, let's try to get healthy. So what can we do in yeah. the house? Even if you're not an athlete, right? Maybe it's just taking a five minute walk, you know, in place in your home. Maybe it's just moving your arms about a little bit, right? So thinking about the average person, it is crucial just to have just some type of um, exercise regimen in your everyday to be healthy, right? Because when you're healthy, now we can think about other goals that we want to achieve um, that will be sustainable, you know, lifelong pretty much. Um, so really I spent a lot of work there too, with just kind of like um, counseling a lot of my clients to say, okay, this is a big goal. What can we do here in home right now? You don't need to have a whole lot of money. You know, maybe it's sitting in your, on your bed, you know, moving your arms to the side, you know, around and around, you know, so really thinking about little small goals that's going to get them to the bigger picture. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, and as a mom too, I mean, I have my, I have my daughter probably. I, it's funny because I really noticed how slow she got over the pandemic. Like even answering questions. I mean, Eva, do you hear me? And she's like, what? Like, it's so like, she got so slow and I'm like, okay, you need to get you exercising again. So it's like making her run down to the mailbox, running back. Like she would just complain so much like, no mom, I don't want to, I don't want to. I'm like, no, no, no. You're going to exercise. <laughs> you got to move around. It's fine. You know? So, <laughs> but really stressing the importance because it mentally, you can see she was, this pandemic has really been impacting her as well as the other children. You know, so I'm like, okay, well, how do we keep your spirits up? How do we kind of keep you motivated? You know, it's not hanging out in your room all day on your Chromebook for school. It's, you know, taking maybe by lunchtime, you're ex- out exercising. You know, you're on your, I forget what it's called. I think it's like a little ripstick or something. I'm, I feel old sometimes, but I can't remember these things. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, it's getting her out on her skateboard. You know, it's, it, it's, it's going to the basketball court with her, you know, to get her active again. You know, I stress it's so important keeping your kids active. You don't have to have a lot of money to do it, but just spending a few moments. And it also really helps that relationship, I think, too. Um, you know, she's been my biggest support uh, supporter, really, with adaptive sports and following my career. So um, it's nice to be able to kind of spend this time with her and just really focusing on her and not really what I need to be doing moving forward. So I've really, really enjoyed it, quite honestly. What are other aspects you take as an athlete outside of running to help manage your mental well-being? Um, so I touched base on this, I think, a little bit earlier, but really just um, being present with myself when I'm not doing anything else or not even not making time to be present with myself when I'm not doing other things. Um, so that looks like, again, you know, sometimes it's just late night when I'm in my bed, just sitting there in silence, right. And just taking it all in and just being appreciative of everything that I've, um, been able to achieve and just the people in my life, things like that. Um, sometimes it's journaling, um, really expressing my, my thoughts, 
Um, sometimes it's meditating, right? Sometimes it's just like watering my plants. I had like 60 plants in my house <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? I talked to every single one of them. I'm just going to water my plants for the day. It's fine. You know, um, you know, so there's so many different ways that I think for me, it's not necessarily, um, it's, it's not necessarily, you know, following the set of rules. Um, but what makes me happy, you know, and remembering what makes me happy and also remembering like where I started and where I'm at now, I think it's important to, to sometimes recognize when you're setting your, setting your uh, next goal, right. Your next project, like recognizing and really like, um, being present with the hard work, with, with the frustration, right. With, you know, that kind of got you to where you're at. So, um, mental health for me, um, is huge. Um, I think I said too, like, sometimes it's just like singing top models for my daughter and just like dancing in the living room, you know? So, I mean, I just really, I really, really, um, look forward to those moments. Well, thank you so much for talking with us, Michelle. I really enjoyed this conversation. Thanks for having me again. <laughs> for season two, after we discuss the how and the why, we want to make some space to provide our thoughts and takeaways that really resonated as we listened to our guests. And we just want to highlight for the listener what is sticking with us. So Shaquana, what really resonated with you? One thing that came up in my conversation with Michelle was grace. We don't give ourselves enough grace in any areas of our lives, but I can say specifically for myself, I don't give myself grace when it comes to running. I'll tell myself tomorrow I'm running three miles, but when tomorrow comes, it's, I don't think I can do three, so I just won't do anything. But grace would be, I'll just go for a 10 minute walk or I'll run less miles. We have to give ourselves room to not be at our best all the time and grant ourselves more grace. What about you, Roberto? Yes, yeah, good point. Uh, I, I feel like I've, I've said this many times, but each time we have a, a guest, I, I, I feel like I learned so much from them and I'm constantly taking notes during the interview. And this time with Stacey Young was no different where, uh, you know, one thing she said and, and I really wrote it down and resonated with me is that, you know, somebody might say running is my therapy and something like it's so easy to kind of rolls off the tongue. And, and we all say that or we've a lot of many of us have said that before and making that distinction of running is not my therapy, but rather running is therapeutic. And just that reframing the way she was able to um, just kind of categorize that and explain it really resonated with me because it's like I, I realized right then and there while I was listening to her, I was like, I've said that and I've given it thought, but I've also, I guess, not given it thought. So just the way she kind of was able to categorize it and then break it down, saying like, you know, it's okay if running is therapeutic for you, but it can't be your your therapy because, you know, you're in a sense of kind of running away from your problems. And like when you get back from your run, you still have to face whatever, you know, those challenges are. So um, I, I, I hope that the other, you know, the listeners out there, many who like myself have said that before, like running is my therapy is my escape, et cetera, could kind of, you know, think about that way and kind of reframe it. Just to add on to what Roberto said for our listeners, running doesn't have to be for you what it is to another runner that, you know, it doesn't, we don't all use running for the same reasons. Like I said earlier, some people say that, you know, they, they need a break. Maybe they had a stressful day, so they'll go for a run. And even Anique said, you know, if she has a stressful day, sometimes running is not what does it for her. So we have to make sure that we're not 
running to fulfill a need that we think is for us when it's really just for somebody else. Just, you know, pay attention to your mind and your body before you make the decision to to run for a certain purpose. Yeah, and Shaquan, I think it's a uh, great point. And I would add to that something that we were saying a lot last year and into the start of this year to our virtual and in-person group training runners is that running meets you where you are. So, you know, the three of us are on this uh, podcast right now and running meets me in a different place and it might meet Anique and, and might meet you. And it's like running is, is that's the beauty of it. It's not um, for the it's not a team sport in the way that, you know, basketball and baseball are. So it's very much like your, your thing. And, you know, I think I can't, couldn't agree with you more that, you know, again, running meets you where you are. So make it your own and not what you think it should be or what the perception is out there. What about you, Anik? Yeah, those are all really great points. I think what really resonated with me the most, there was so much conversation around grace. Uh, so I just want to like double back to that idea, Shaquana, right? Like we heard about grace as well and and how how hard it is for people to give themselves that grace. Um, and I was listening to Stacy with my coach hat on, but also very much with my my athlete hat on, right? And I just thought, man, like you are so hard on yourself all the time about movement um, or, or about running specifically. But when she started to talk about this idea of grace and how it's just, you know, thinking about movement, uh, I, I was like, yeah, you know, running doesn't have to solve my mental health problems, uh, but I can move for fun and it doesn't always have to be running. Often it is my choice of exercise, but it can be whatever I want to do. And so just sitting in that space, I was like, just so soothed listening to Stacey, uh, affirmed. Um, and, you know, I was texting Roberto, ask more questions. This is really great. Roberto, think of some questions. So just to our listeners, like know that we get really jazzed about these folks too. Uh, and so we're just as excited as you are to hear from their expertise. Thank you to New Bounds for supporting this episode. Thank you, Stacy, for joining us. And check out SixthStreetWellness.com if you're interested in mental health services from Stacy. Of course, please subscribe or follow wherever you listen to podcasts and share this episode with any runner who you think could learn something from this mental health episode. Thank you, Michelle Wheeler, for sharing your approach to mental health as an athlete, a mental health counselor, and a parent. Thank you to our team who helped make this show happen. Executive producer, John Phillips. Today's show was produced by Steve Mura and edited and mixed by Craig Gorbanoff. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time.